Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes, as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 14, Is AMC Enron? For those of you that don't know what Enron was, Enron was an energy company um, who was fraudulent. And supposedly they were doing these great things and they were the wonder company and they were making all this money and people were investing in them and you know they were like a darling of, of Wall Street. And it turns out they were a corrupt organization and doing all sorts of shenanigans. And finally, the, the, the house of cards fell apart. Same thing with Bertie Madoff. Remember Bertie Madoff? Um, he had, uh, um, I don't know if it was a hedge fund or whatever it was he was running. It was a Ponzi scheme, though. You know, he was taking people's money and he was, you know, doling it out to make it look like his, his investment program was successful. And it turns out it wasn't. He was just basically stealing everybody's money. Um, and look at the housing market in 2008 with all the derivatives and all the baloney that was going on there and everybody lost their money. And you say, well, what, where is AMC in this? Is AMC one of these corrupt organizations that's going to fall apart? And am I going to get burned as an investor? And was I an idiot for doing this? Well, one of the things that, um, you know, we talked about as far as, like, am I in a cult? And in a cult, you're not allowed to question. You're not, the, you know, the great leader. And I think with our movement, the AMC movement, people, you are allowed to question. And people do call baloney on stuff. Um, now, that's not to say that, you know, we're taking a risk. We are. But this this whole... AMC Gambit is based on the premise that the hedge funds tried to bankrupt AMC and they over, you know, they, they shorted the stock, to, trying to short it to death. And they may have created, you know, billions of these fake counterfeit shorts to do this. And they thought, well, once it goes bankrupt, you know, no one will know the difference. It's funny, think of the movie Die Hard. Um, the original one when they were going to blow up the building. And they just wanted to rob it. They just wanted to rob it. But they were going to blow up the building to make it look like they were terrorists. And by the time they went through the rubble, you know, then they would realize that they just got robbed. They took all the, the bonds or whatever it was in the, the bottom. And I think that's what the hedge funds were, you know, planning to do. Like, they're going to do this attack on AMC and, you know, the company will go bankrupt and no one will worry about um, you know what they were doing. You know if they if they were creating all these fake synthetic shares, it won't matter. So let's go ahead and do it. No one's going to find out. How would they know, right? Well, Wall Street bets and the Reddit crowd they found out and they tried to do something about it. So I think about myself when I got into this. I and again, if if you you know if you've listened to it from part one, you know, sorry to repeat some information. But I got into this um, because I I missed out on Facebook stock. I bought 30 shares of Facebook stock, and just as a, you know, like I had some cash sitting around. And I said, "Oh, I'll invest in this." This, you know, everyone's saying it's it's you know doing bad right now. I'll, I'll sounds like Apple to me, and I'm going to invest in it, and uh, we'll see what happens. And 
it, it, you know, it was a $600 investment. And this year that $600 investment was worth $9,000. And it, it always haunted me that if I had invested more, you know, it could have been life-changing money. And how many, how many chances do you get for life-changing money? Not much, not much. Um, and then when I saw the game, GameStop stories in January, you know, it came out of nowhere for me. And I was like, wow, it would have been nice to, you know, had some GameStop stock and, and cashed out while it was high. Uh, but I missed out on that. But I always thought, well, if they do this again, I'm going to do it. And then in May, in the end of May, it finally got on my radar. AMC did that it was could be the same thing. And that's when I went all in. And I went and I and I the first couple of times it went up. It seemed like, wow, this is a license to print money. And I went to the people I cared about, and I was like, you got to get in on this. you got to get in on this. And I was like some of these people promoting um, a scam, you know, not just get suckered in. Like, oh, it's too easy. It's, it's so easy. It's so easy. You know, I doubled my, my Roth. You know, it's been sitting at the same amount for years, and I doubled it in a couple days. You know, how could you not want to be a part of that? And then, of course, if you listen to the podcast, things got real. Went into the, you know, stalled in the 60s. Then it went to the 50s, stalled in the 50s. And then they dropped it down to the 30s. And it was hard. Especially given the fact that I had, you know, went to people in my life and told them to invest. Now, I always told them, don't invest anything you can't afford to lose. Because this is extremely volatile. I was always up front with that. That this wasn't a normal stock. Um, and I think about, when I talk about Enron, and I don't know if it was this, you know, the documentary, I think it was called The Smartest Men in the Room or something, but it was, a, it was a, I remember seeing this in a documentary about Enron. I, forgive me, I can't think of the actual name. And it was an employee meeting or something, and there was like a worker in the crowd, and you know how they, they take questions. And I don't know if at this point there were rumors of something maybe going wrong at Enron or not, but this this woman asked, you know, should I buy more Enron stock? Should I keep investing in the company? And the people on the stage were like, yes, yes, you know, invest what you can, you know, invest, yes, yes, yes. And I just always remember that, that they, you know, they probably knew that she was throwing her money away and they kept telling her to invest. And I wonder if people said, buy, buy AMC, buy AMC, you know. Are we like those those people on Enron? And I don't know. I don't think we are, and I'll tell you why. I think if anybody said AMC's got the best popcorn in the world, they've got these great movies coming out, this, this company's got a bright future, invest in them. Invest whatever you can. I think that's when you get into the Enron territory. Our premise is not based on fundamentals. And a lot of people say, why are you investing in this company that has bad fundamentals? And it's just because of the reason the, he the hedge funds got trapped. They got trapped shorting the stock, and enough people jumped in, so they're trapped. And there's one way out, and they've got to buy the stock back. Now, they're doing everything they can right now to avoid that. But that's what we're betting on. That hasn't changed. And as I mentioned in, in the last episode, 
the, you know, those numbers, uh, they, the, the, the vote share, the, you know, the questions, Timmy B, Timmy, the, the Timmy number, Timothy B's question, you know, it's still holding up. It's still, if you average it out, it's still about, you know, 1,200 shares of stock per voter, the average on that question as it goes up and up and up. And I know it's still a small percentage of the actual shareholders. But again, you know, even if you cut it in half, it's still overwhelming that this thing was, there was criminal activity here with them making so many counterfeit stocks. And that's what we're betting against. That number's there. That we can depend on. And hopefully that gives you strength as they knock this stock down. Now, one nice thing, um, when I sat down to record this podcast was uh, in, in pre-market, the stock was at like 29.20. And I, the theme of this podcast, you know, it's obviously, I, I want it to be, you know, hang in there. This is rough. This is a fight. We talked about that. We're in a fight and we're going to get punched. And right now we're getting punched. And you got to take it. We're getting shot at, you know. We got ambushed. Or well, I don't know if you'd say ambushed, but, you know, we got attacked. And it's like, well, let's just wait. You know, we'll wait for the counterattack. We'll come back. They can't keep this up forever, right? They got to, whenever they push the stock down, it costs them a lot of money to do this. Um, now, whether they plan on ever paying any of that back, who knows? I suppose if you have a counterfeiting machine in the back, you just print all the money. Now, you could get arrested for <clears throat> counterfeiting, but what do you care? You know, if, if, if you can, you know, face a counterfeiting, would you rather, you know, face a counterfeiting charge or, you know, a murder charge? And if, if you can just do the counterfeiting to get out of, you know, keep out of jail for murder, then why not do it? So hang in there. I know it's hard, but you're not alone if you're an investor. Um, I saw, I, you know, I saw a Twitter post of someone, you know, they were kind of discouraged. They were, they said they weren't going to sell, but they're discouraged. It's hard, especially seeing Robinhood go way up. You know, you look at our the people. You know, we have more people, you know, buying our stock than selling it. Same thing with with GameStop. And yet, look at Robinhood. You know, is way up and we're way down explain that and you can't you can't explain it and it's hard it's hard but you're not alone and people were coming to this person and, and offering support and I thought that was great they were being mean they were you know they weren't going patting on the guy and smacking him with the gloves and you know telling him to shake it off and quit being a wimp and I thought that was nice. And that's what apes need to do. We need to support each other. When you go on Twitter, and I talked about this, when you go on Twitter and you see someone putting out, trying to put out a positive statement, yeah, not, not every tweet is going to be, you know, written by Aaron Sorkin. You know, it's not going to be, you know, Bill Shakespeare's, you know, greatest tweets. or, But like it. Show support for that person. Because that person is you. 
And when you just put a heart, you don't have to follow them. You don't have to do all this baloney. But just, you know, if you like it, um, it tells them that we, I hear you. I hear you, ape. You're good. You're good. That's a high five. It's a slap on the butt. It builds camaraderie. And it'll help people get through the harder times. And it also shows people that are scrolling through. And they see these tweets. And those hearts are strength. And think about that. Think about a heart. What does a heart represent? You ever see somebody in a race? And and uh, they're showing heart. What it means is showing passion. Showing they're going to follow through. And the heart is not a bad symbol. So, you know, like those tweets if you can. And show support for the people, you know, trying to cheerlead us as if we try to get through this. Um, but anyway, yeah, I started this podcast and, and the stock was at 2920. Uh, and I was trying to think of things to say. But as I record this right now, I'm looking at the ticker. It's $30.30. So it's gone up a dollar. Not bad. And let me tell you something, you know. <clears throat> when when this stock goes up a dollar, that's good for me. That's pretty good for me. I won't say exactly how good, but I remember um, choking in the beginning, especially when it only seemed like it was going one way. You know, with my wife, when when we made us, you know, got our investment going, we were like, you know, every time this this stock goes up a dollar, do you know how much money that is for us? But then we would always kind of say, yeah, but it can go the other way, too. It can go the other way, too. And in the back of our minds, we're like, but but it won't, you know, because we know we got in on this. And pretty soon it's going to be Lambo time. But it did go the other way. <laughs> and it stinks. It stinks when it goes down. But right now, you know, they knocked it way down. It's funny. My wife and I, we were talking before when it went into the 30s and it got pretty low. 31, I think. Um, and change and then it kind of went back up again and and we were talking about like well what are they going to do next because at that point we sort of accepted the fact that other people were in control of this this number that it was being manipulated that it wasn't real that other people were doing this and we said well what are they going to do what's their plan you know are they just going to dip us back down into the low 30s again? Because what good would that do? The idea was that they were going <clears> to <throat> let the stock go up. After Now that they had put it in the low 30s, they were going to let it go back up to, you know, $50, $100 and shake people off, right? And I, we thought, well, what if they go the other way and they take it back down again? You know, like you're torturing somebody. Like, okay, here we go again. And I said, well, it's not going to do any good to go back to $31, because we were there, and we came back. And you think, well, I've been through this before. I can take it. And I said, if they really want to get our attention, we'll, they'll take us into the 20s. So be prepared for this thing to go in the 20s. And it didn't. It, it made its little comeback, and we got up to the 40s again. But here we are, you know, back. And they did. They did take it to the 20s. And you know what? It hurt. It hurt to see that 29 up there. But it was supposed to. It's supposed to hurt. And discourage and get you down. But I don't think they counted on that Timothy B's question. Because as much as they want to try to hurt us, I know we have that. That 
number can really, I don't know if it can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, but it certainly gives an indication that this, this stock, there are massive naked shorts. This isn't someone's opinion. It's not a thought. It's not a conspiracy. There's math there. Now, you know, you can make an argument like, well, it's too small a sample. I don't buy it. You know, these are the motivated people. Of course, the people with, you know, 1,200 shares are going to do this. They have the most interested. You know, the guy with one share, they're not going to do this. They're not going to go through all that trouble to do that for 10 shares or 5 shares. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I think you can look at it and take some piece in the fact that this stock, you know, if there's, even if there's 500 naked shorts, that's twice as many shares of the stock that there should be, that somebody's going to have to buy that back. And maybe there's three times or four times. Who knows? But once that happens, that scenario, that's when the stock goes up, that eventually it has to go up. They can pull whatever shenanigans they want, whatever psychological warfare they want to do, but the stock has to go back up. And hopefully that's what you can count on. This isn't Enron. This isn't Bernie Madoff. This isn't the 2008 you know, housing market. Or it's a con. Those are facts. The con was the hedge funds, you know, that was the criminality. Trying to, you know, get AMC knocked out. And we caught them in it. Now, is what we're doing a little bit of a gambit? Sure, sure it is. <laughs> um, but I don't think we're in wrong. And as hard as it is right now to be in the, the 20s, and hopefully now back into the 30s, it's at 30.41. It, um, I think we'll be okay. But it still hurts. But you're not alone. I'm hurting when it's this low. Um, if the average shareholder, you know, right now reporting, even if it's just those people that have, uh, you know, verified their, their shares and it's averaging out to about, you know, 1200 a share, you know, they're hurting too when this happens. Unless, you know, obviously unless they bought in at, you know, five bucks, then yeah, it's not quite as bad for them. But hang in there. You're not alone. And you say, well, what part of the movie is this? Funny, I, I watched, someone posted a, a tweet about the big short and they're like, don't watch the big short thinking they're the good guys. They're, they're you know, they're the bad, they're, you know, they were the hedge funds and they were shorting people. And that's true to an extent. That's right. That the big short, a lot of those people were, you know, they were they were the hedge funds and they were shorting. Um, but I I actually wrote back to it and I was respectful and I said, you know, yeah, that's a good point. But I think I relate to them at that they had a position and they their position was that the housing market was was built on crap that they were giving these mortgages out to people that they couldn't afford them. And it was going to pop once people started to default on their loans and lose their houses. And that's what they bet against. Now, they made these bets, and then when, when stuff started to go bad, well, their, their money wasn't going up. Their bet wasn't paying off because the system was corrupt, that nobody was reporting this, that, that it wasn't being taken care of. And that's what I could relate to now. 
that you say, well, this system's corrupt. You know, it's being manipulated. And people are like, I don't care. Well, whatever. And no one was doing anything about it. And they were sweating. They were losing money. You know, they were going through what we're going through. You know, there's the scene where Christian Bell screams. You know, he comes out and he walks out and he's keeps marking with his Sharpie, you know, how much his his um, hedge fund's down because of his, his, you know, shorting the mortgage industry. And then he, you know, he comes out and he, you know, he writes it, you know, marks it at its lowest point. I don't know if it was at the lowest point. And he walks back in his office and he lets out that scream. That's sometimes what I feel like when it, you know, I see it go into the 20s. But you have to say, are we right or are we wrong? And and I still say we're right. That this hopefully should come around. So we have a couple more days before the earnings call. And I know too often, it you know, it's always around the corner. There's this, this is coming up, this is coming up. And oddly, it doesn't really change things. And I hope the earnings call isn't going to be more of the same in that regard. But it could. It's funny, one of the, you know, I, I'm, you know, I've lost faith in the stock market and who these people are as I've gotten into this. And it, it really is, um, it's bad. But I was reading about like companies that do their IPOs or they have like a really big earnings call and then their stock drops. And it's like, what? You know, this is a good, good thing and the stock's dropping. Well, why is that? It's because the Wall Street doesn't care if you're doing good or it's good news. Wall Street cares about money. And they set up all these little schemes and all these little bets and all this other crap just to make money. And that's why, you know, an IPO can come out and and they've got it rigged to, you know, make money for themselves, whatever way that needs to go. Same thing with, um, you know, earnings calls. Sometimes, you know, good earnings call will come out and then the stock will drop. And it seems crazy, but it happens. So I'm hoping that won't be the case. I hope that this Monday will be a big game changer for us. And really, it'd be nice if we get back into the, you know, the 50s after that and can stay there. But you never know. We don't know. What part of the movie is this? Like, it's funny, I always try to, you know, picture this being made into a movie, and it what what part of the movie is this? And you think, you know, as someone who writes screenplays, that you really, there's a point where you really want to make it look like all is lost for the hero, for the audience to think that they should give up, or like it couldn't get any worse than this. This is the lowest of the low. And it's that point where the hero makes their comeback and makes their move. And it makes the ultimate victory that much sweeter. You know, think of a team, think of your basketball team with just a few minutes left and they're down by 10 points. And it looks like your team's lost. And yet somehow there's like a a fluky three-pointer. Wow, you just cut it to seven. You know, and there's, you know, well, there's only a minute left, but, you know, you cut it to seven and, you know, then they steal the ball and it's another, you know, great play and it cuts it again. And you start to believe and because it's that come it's that come from behind that makes it so exciting. You know, it's not really an exciting game when your your team jumps up to a 20-point lead and has a 20-point lead the whole game. It's kind of a boring game. <laughs> Even though you win, um, it's a boring game. Now, it's better than watching your team lose by 20 the whole game, but 
that's the that's the price you pay if you want to watch an exciting game. There's always the chance your team could lose, and that's what makes it exciting. And I, you know, you wonder, you know, is AMC going to lose? Are they going to get us? And that's what makes this exciting to a degree. It wasn't. It's funny. It wasn't quite so exciting in the beginning. It was like this is too easy. You know, the most the the most excitement for me when I first started investing was when I was um, redistributing my mutual funds to buy stock in in my Roth IRA. That it took a day. You know, if you sell a stock, that money becomes available instantly. The mutual funds, it would take a day. I would sell them, and then at the end of the day, that's when the money would show up, after closing, after there was anything I could do with it. And I always was so worried that I wouldn't get the money in time to invest in AMC, and then it it would, you know, jump up. It would rocket before I got my shares bought. So I would literally just be waiting. First thing when the market opened, bam, I would get in. There was no waiting. There was no playing. There was no watching the ticker. It was like, as soon as it opened, I got in. And I figured I just wanted a seat on the rocket ship. And that was the excitement for me was like, am I going to be able to buy my shares? Am I going to be able to buy my shares? Well, anyway, um, what part of the movie is this? You know, Is this thing going to go on until January, February? And we're just getting started? Or are we nearing an endgame? Was this it? Was this the bad guy's last push? Like they have one chance to stop this and they just took their shot. And from here, we're going to gradually climb back out. Maybe we'll be in the mid-30s until the earnings report. And maybe that'll go great. And maybe we'll finally have, you know, obviously we're not, this this verified voting with say, I, I think that ends, you know, it's like six days to vote on these questions. So even that's going to, you know, there's some finality to that. I would love us to get to 100 million shares represented. So you could look at that and you say, well, if that's 100 million shares is owned by, you know, 200,000 shareholders or less or whatever it's going to be. And you could say that's a fraction of 4.1 million investors. And that's 20% of the legal shares are owned by this fraction. What does that tell you? That there's either, you know, everybody else owns one share of AMC. And that doesn't seem likely. So hang in there. Hopefully we're, we're nearing the end of the movie, but we don't know. But you're not alone. There's millions of apes out there. We're all feeling it. But we all, I hopefully still believe in what we're doing. And um, hopefully the mother of all short squeezes will happen sooner rather than later. And you'll get to spend the rest of your life with a big smile on your face. And you can say, I was right. When other people doubted me, I was right. When the system was working against me, we were right. We, as an ape army, held together. And just like an army, we'll be there for each other. And you look at the bond between veterans, the people that went to war, that went to battle. It's pretty strong, and it's a special bond that people have. And the apes will have that bond. It's not the same as serving in the military. Don't get me wrong. Not even close to people who 
put their life on the line to keep you know us free and other nations all over the world. Big difference. But this is our group, and for what it's worth, you know, we came together to do this. And I hope that will change a lot of things, especially in this country. And that's one of the things I get most excited about with the Ape Nation, is that maybe we can help change things in this country. But it doesn't hurt to get rich as well. And who knows, hopefully that will be the next episode of the AMC Stock Story.